Hi, I'm Eric Connor, Senior Instructor at New York Film Academy. And this episode's going to be a little shorter, but our subject's Hollywood career has been long, spanning almost 50 years. A man who puts the multi in multi-hyphenate, producer, actor, writer, director, Mario Van Peebles. And I have never met two actors who speak the same language, but knowing that is going to help you immensely as a filmmaker. And being a great filmmaker, I think, has helped me as an actor. He directed the groundbreaking drama New Jack City, played Malcolm X and Ali, battled a great white shark in Jaws 4, spoiler alert, he lost. He's appeared in Bloodline, Z Nation, and over 100 films and TV shows, dating back to one of his first roles as a kid in the not-at-all-kid-friendly Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song. And try to say that ten times fast. The movie was directed by his dad, the legendary godfather of blaxploitation, Melvin Van Peebles. Mario Van Peebles spoke at NIFA after a screening of his 2018 independent film, Armed. Joined by a few members of his production team, Justin Nesbitt, Edward Beckford, and NIFA instructor Kimberly Ogletree, Mr. Van Peebles detailed how when you're making a low-budget movie, you have to go all in. The way I pulled it off, we pulled it off as an independent flick, was to very strategically reverse engineer into what we had access to. So if I have a crib in Big Bear, guess what? (laughs) It's going to be a Big Bear. You know, I got a nice crib in the hood, guess what? (laughs) We're going to be in a... You know, so I would use my neighbor's houses. If you had a last name like Van Peebles, or even look like you knew a Van Peebles, I'd be calling you up. (laughs) Quite honestly, as a filmmaker, one of my buddies who's always broke says that he loves poor people because poor people have nothing to give but themselves. Mm-hmm. Wow. And as an independent filmmaker, you basically have nothing to give but yourself. You know, you can't give them a lot of money. So you need to have people skills. You need to work with a great team and you need to make people feel at home. And you need to listen to some crappy ideas and some great ideas. And sometimes some of the best ideas came from her or him or him. And I just pretend they're mine later. Right. It's really a collaborative effort. And so, equipment from and here. A, and equipment from here. So, so basically, one, I was passionate about the subject. Two, I felt it was something that was in striking distance that I could do independently and self-fund it. And I felt like it was a movie that we could make right. and put a lot up on the screen. And it was a movie that we could say something with. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a crazy guy. I'll go out and do it. I put my money where my mouth is. And when y'all see me drive out of here tonight, you will see me in a little crappy hybrid car. You will probably think, oh, wow, Mario, that cool. Mario drove his second car. Mm-hmm. No, that's my only car. <laughs> now, why do I drive that car? Because people scratch it. I don't get pissed off. I put all my money in the film. I'm not a materialistic cat. I have minimal bling. I make movies I care about. And we work with people we like. It's like the three rules in life for me. Love what you do, which I do. Love and enjoy the people you do it with, which for sure I do. And love what you say with your work. And if you get those three things to line up, you're rich no matter what your check is. But you know what the thing is? Everybody becomes family real quick. And you guys became family too. I mean, truth be told, we were posted up in my crib and we had the office downstairs. And it was just like a family affair, man. You know, it takes a village to raise a child. It takes a village to make a movie. Mm -hmm. We often talk about this in class at New York Film Academy. When you're making a low budget film or a no budget film, you work with what you have and you make sure what you have works and works well. You don't settle. His producer, Justin Nesbitt, explained how Mr. Van Peebles pushed everyone to do their best. 
regardless of, or really because of, their limitations. I think this is the most intricate piece I've ever produced, so the challenge was the time, and you know, Mario, from production to post, just, he brings the best out of you, because he's gonna push. He's gonna push you like a good basketball coach. So the challenge for me was, I'm not used to working with a director that's so, he every from A to Z, but he also takes ideas, but even in the post, the music, if it wasn't good enough, he'd push the composer, he pushed me, get better music, find it. And, you know, in my line of work with low budget, like get it in, get it out. And I think Mario had said something to me. He said, you can either do it quick and, what, what's the saying, oh, yeah, quick the and dirty? There's a triangle, there's fast, Yeah. What's the, there's this is good, great. and there's cheap. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you pick two. Pick two, yeah, that's, you know, that's what it was. But, so anyway, we picked the right two. I think, you know, just you're working with a lot of crew and a lot of favors, and that always becomes challenging. Sometimes, you know, if people aren't getting paid, they don't show up on time. Not everybody has the attitude of, oh, I'm getting less money, so I'm going to do less work. That was challenging. A lot of moves, too. We had a lot of locations. Yeah. A lot of moves. I mean, you guys see the pier. I mean, Santa Monica. I mean, Big Bear, we're just moving and we didn't have a lot of days we did 18 days plus two so it's a short amount of time i mean you had to move and move quick and always dealing with locations is challenging but if you have the right team that's thinking on their feet and then being pulled in three different directions when you don't have a lot of money to spread around on set well on top of what you owe your cast and your crew you have also got to pay them with a lot of respect and encouragement because you don't have the time or the money to be a jerk. We're all adults. We're cool under pressure. Yeah. Because things could be going horribly wrong and kid would be keeping it cool. <laughs> Justin would be like, what well, is cool? Kind of, mm-hmm. Ed would be like, well, that's, <laughs> uh, you know. And that's part of it is that if the folks at the top are cool and we're cool with each other and we have love with each other, the whole crew feels that. We create a culture of kindness, a culture of collaboration, right? So if we create that culture of collaboration and we hire folks kind of with a no asshole rule, we try, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Folks get that message and they see me coming in, knowing my lines, freezing my ass off right there with you. They see Justin's doubling as one of the Hillbilly Brothers. So <laughs> there was a lot of get in where you fit in, but when they see that coming from the folks at the top, that sends a message as to what's okay. How do we treat each other on the set? We treat each other like brothers and sisters, even if we may look different or have a different preference. Are we kind to each other? And when you run a set like that, you get a nice kind of cooperation, don't you think? It's nice to hear about a set where people are kind to each other because directors really set the tone. It's all trickled down from them. If they work hard and if they're cool, the crew will follow. Your passion and love and enjoyment of the process showed through. It didn't matter if you were a PA or somebody visiting the set or whatever. Mario would pull you into the monitor on a good take. He'd be like, watch this. Come on over here. Wait, wait. Look, look, look at this. I mean, for everybody. It's really important as a director that I really appreciated about Mario, regardless of what time we wrapped. We had another hour till we left because he sat down and he went through the following day everything from top to bottom. He actually went through every department. That is important. That's a real filmmaker. At the end of the day, it's a craft. A big part of the pressure of directing a low-budget film is that you do have to lead by example. 
So if you're stressed, you're panicked, and you can't even show it. This is where Mr. Van Peebles' many, many hours on set have gotten him ready for this job. Because he understands this. He knows how to be flexible. And he knows how to deal with any curveball that comes his way. You have to know things will go wrong. We were supposed to shoot a scene in the park. It didn't work out. We couldn't get the permit, so we just shot it in my backyard. So on that morning, we went down, we looked at the park, we came back, we made the split decision, boom, we're gonna go with this full guns, and I had to rework my shots to accommodate that. So have plans, that's cool, have plans, but be ready to augment them. Know that, that plans just make God laugh a little bit. <laughs> so you gotta be ready to, to be flexible. But he did have the property to shoot it. But you have to know what you have and what yeah. you can work with. Yeah. So that, that kind of stuff, you know, you just gotta be ready to work with it every day. There's gonna be something. You never know what's gonna happen. Oh, and the other thing is be nice to your exes. My ex got married to this dude, who's a, he's the best dude. <laughs> but his mother happens to be Dionne Warwick. So I call up my ex, we're on good terms. Like I said, stay cool with your exes. I call up her, get his number, call him, talk to Dion, blah, blah, blah. And that's how that works. You gotta be good with everybody. So I really say, if you're gonna make big film and you ain't got big film money, you better have a personality. And people need to know that you can deliver. When they take a risk on you, they wanna know you can deliver. Now, don't get me wrong, I do get along with my exes but I don't know their in-laws. That's what separates me from Mario Van Peebles. He's got such a good relationship with his ex that her current mother-in-law, Dionne Warwick, helped him out on this movie. That's an important lesson right there. It's like, be cool to everyone. Because as Dionne Warwick herself once sang, that's what friends are for. In fact, Mario Van Peebles is even developing a movie about Dionne Warwick. Also, I love when he says, if you're gonna make big films and you don't have big film money, you have to have a personality. In the absence of solving problems with cash, you have to throw creativity at the problem and yourself. Now, with a career as long as Mario Van Peebles, you would assume that it's only a matter of time till his early work gets rebooted. I mean, this is Hollywood after all. One of the films that I'm really interested in seeing get out there in a wider way is Panther. That's the one film that is really actually very, very difficult to get and it's super relevant right now. But I try to make fresh stories. You know, I mean, there's so many good stories that we haven't heard yet. Every now and then people come up to me, why don't you do New Jack 2? You know, or why don't you do another posse or whatever? And so I'm interested sometimes, but if I'm gonna do it myself and put it together myself, I tend to do new stories. Now, I also try to do three for them, one for me. I work for the studios and I directed Bloodline and acted in that, or I'll direct Empire sometimes, all kinds of stuff I'll direct and then I'll go off and act in something, not directing it. So I try to mix it up, and that way I stay fresh. And in terms of stories, have I thought about sequels? Not especially. You know, someone came to me about Armed and they were talking about doing it as a TV series. So I'm always open to ideas. If you got a great idea and you got money, let me know. <laughs> By the way, I'm not sure that last part's a complete open offer, but well, if it is, then, you know, I got a couple ideas floating around. But it's still refreshing to hear from a filmmaker who's more focused on original stories instead of just rehashing old ones. But there is one difficulty a renaissance man like him faces, and that is making sure all his hats don't get in the way of each other. How do you balance it as an actor and a director? You know, that's a tricky one. I, I don't even know that I've gotten it right. Because the thing is, each craft, writing, directing, producing, has its own rhythm. 
And as an actor, you can do more movies, but you might burn out. As a director, you can't do as many, but what it says really represents who you are. So you have to be careful about what movies you pick because you then put your signature on it. Your brand becomes that. But I love it. I love being a patient and a doctor. And I love working with actors because, you know, as an actor, I tend to give the foot rub that I want to get. And each time I'm surprised when people speak a different language. For example, if you're directing Chris Rock from comedy, that's one language. But then you're directing Wesley Snipes in New Jack City, and he's a terrific actor. Or you're on Bloodline directing Sissy Spacek, she speaks a different language. And I've never met two actors who speak the same language. But knowing that is going to help you immensely as a filmmaker. And being a great filmmaker, I think, has helped me as an actor. So when you're ready for me to just act in your movie, I am the nicest cat. I'm not trying to prove nothing. You just tell me where to go, and I am there. You know, I interviewed once Jodie Foster, and I asked her about that because she's a great director and actor. And I said, when you're acting, do you find yourself wanting to direct? And she said, no. And I said, neither do I. I feel like I'm on a, a vacation. I'm, like, imagine you're a plumber on vacation in Hawaii, right? <laughs> you're a good plumber, but you're on vacation in Hawaii. <laughs> And if the sink breaks down, you're like, no, 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 oh, no, 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 no. It, it, they have to really want you to fix that sink. You'd be like, okay, let me come out in my white clothes and fix this sink. So I love separating it, but sometimes it's cool to do both. It's funny that when he has the chance to only act, he is thrilled to get rid of all the other responsibilities. Now, despite doing double duty as an actor and director for years, he admits he's still figuring it out. But he loves being, as he puts it, both a patient and a doctor. And his work on both sides of the camera has helped make him an appealing director for other actors to work with. My dad is the one who talked to me about, you know, he said Hollywood's not just really white or black, it's also green, the color of money. But it's more than that too, because you're gonna find whenever you go to do a project that's got something to say, there'll be people you didn't expect to not be a part of it who will fade away. And there'll be people that come forward sometimes that don't look like you, that come from all kinds of corners of the world, who will see you trying to do something positive, and they will come out and get on board. And it's a beautiful thing, and it always surprises me. So, for example, Bill Fickner. Now, I always have been a fan of Bill's, but I didn't know him. I've never worked with him, but I managed to find his manager, and he got me a meeting with Bill, and I gave Bill the script. And by page 80, he called me back. He said, I'm in. Sometimes you get people that are not just about the money, but are about having something to say. And that's super important. I think that's a big thing when you go to other actors and you're doing indie film. Now, working with my dad, I just realized something the other day. This is his last speaking role. As I look back on it, my dad gave me my first speaking role, <laughs> and I've given him his last. And the circle of life is a trip. How's he to work with? He's still cool as hell. He's funny. <laughs> You know, you tell him what his line are, that's cool. He'll make up his own line. <laughs> Half the shit he says in the movie, for real, that's the Melvin stuff. You know, he just, he's cool. He's got good heart. He gets the joke of life. And he's just a solid cat. And he showed me the way. You know, my dad said, if you're really lucky, that your mother gives you that sense of self. And if you get lucky again, she shows you the mountain. And your dad teaches you how to climb the mountain. And in my case, it kind of worked out pretty well. If you get a chance, watch the movie Badass, which is about the making of his father's film, Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song. 1970. I just finished directing Watermelon Man for Columbia Pictures. Everyone was calling me Mel, baby. 
I had to come up with my next film idea before the money guys got cold. Mario actually plays his own father in the film, who set the table for generations of indie filmmakers to follow. Melvin worked with a tiny budget, was the lead actor, and used every trick in the book as a writer and director. And in the process, he inspired a generation of indie filmmakers, including, of course, his own son, Mario. We want to thank Mario Van Peebles, Justin Nesbitt, Edward Beckford, and Kimberly Ogletree for bringing their film Armed to New York Film Academy. And thanks, of course, to all of you for listening. This episode was based on the Q&A moderated by Kimberly Ogletree. To watch the full interview or to see our other Q&As, check out our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash New York Film Academy. This episode was written by me, Eric Connor, edited and mixed by Christian Hayden. Our creative director is David Andrew Nelson, who also produced this episode with Christian Hayden and myself. Executive produced by Jean Sherlock and Dan Mackler. A special thanks to our events department, Saja Johnson, and the staff and crew who made this possible. To learn more about our programs, check us out at nyfa.edu. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. See you next time. That's what friends are for. For good times and bad times knowing you. Were.